0: Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com. Good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it is, wherever you're listening from here with another episode of AF Fireside and excited to have you with us as well as Tom Sega, who is the man in charge at Duluth Pack. Duluth is a part of the country. Duluth, Minnesota is a, a city. I know nothing about Minnesota, but I, I know Duluth for a couple of reasons and I'm excited to learn a little bit more. Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Luke, thanks for having me and, and uh, thanks for... Uh, Interviewing somebody from the Northland in Duluth like this, which, you know, you said you're not exactly sure where it is. Well, we're about 150 miles north of the Arctic Circle is what most people think we are. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful out today. Beautiful day today, 80
0: degrees outside, beautiful summer day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We've actually, we've talked to a couple, a handful of brands that are from, do you, do you consider that to be the Midwest, your area of the Midwest?
1: We are considered uh, the Midwest, okay. but uh, most people consider us north
0: of the Midwest, north of the Midwest. All right. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool part of the country. I think I'm going to have to find uh, a summer visit sometime. <laughs> probably, probably not in the winter.
1: You know, with a good beard, like here is the winter that you'll fit in just fine. Oh,
0: that's fair. You know, you, it was about eight inches longer a couple of weeks ago. So I'll have to, off may have to wait a little bit to grow that back out. There you go. Cool. So Tom, give us, give us the story of Duluth Pack.
1: Boy, it's Luke, it's a long story, but uh, we'll try to to keep it as short as possible. So Duluth Pack is the oldest canvas and leather pack and bag maker in the United States of America. Pretty cool to be the leader of a company that has has that title. We are it, we're the number one oldest. And uh, the, the the history of the company is a gentleman named Camille Poyer. A guy from up in the Montreal area is what founded our company. But even prior to that, he came to Duluth in the 1870s. The reason he came to Duluth was he was looking, he was a bootmaker. And he was looking where is industry really strong? Where are there people that have some money where they're gonna, you know, spend money on good leather boots that he built? And he pinpointed Duluth, Minnesota as that place. And most people would go, What are you crazy? Duluth, Minnesota, even back in the 1870s. But what people didn't know is back then, you had the timber industry in northern Minnesota, you had the mining industry just really firing up. You had the shipping industry because Lake Superior, the greatest of all great lakes and and the biggest freshwater lake in the world ends literally right out our door Hmm. right here. Uh, so you had the shipping industry and then how did you get the timber and the mine to the ships here? Rail. So you had the rail industry that was really doing well here. So all of the the magnets from those companies lived right here in Duluth and so per capita at one time Duluth Minnesota was the wealthiest per capita city in the United States of America. So Camille Poe, yeah he did his homework. And, and so he made his way from Montreal to Minneapolis on a train, which was a long trip. Then he took a stagecoach from Minneapolis to about halfway to Duluth, which is Minneapolis is about, Minneapolis-St. Uh, Paul's about 150 miles south of Duluth. Okay. Made it about halfway here. And that's where the uh, stagecoach ended. From there, it was a trail. He took all of his goodies, all of his tools, everything, and walked that last 75 miles up to Duluth. And he set up shop, uh, C. Poyer, Camille Poyer uh, boot shop, and started doing really well. And you want to talk about an entrepreneur, this guy was was pretty cool. Uh, Along the way, a little more backstory about him uh, was, You know, it's it's back in the 1870s. We have long, cold winters up here. You got to heat your shop. You got to heat your house, and so you did it with wood back then. Well, his first shop burned down, but he didn't fold up tent. He actually went across the street, built a new shop. Unfortunately, the next winter that shop burned down from a wood fire, but he rebuilt it, kept going. His business was was thriving. During all of this, he was such an entrepreneur. He also bought a donkey because there was no running water up here in the city, no no infrastructure. He bought a donkey and an old barrel, built a sled. He'd go down to Lake Superior, bucket water into this big barrel, and he'd go up and down the street selling water to people because they needed fresh water. So Hmm. really a a really cool guy. So fast forward a few years, and in 1882, he was commissioned – um, to build a pack for the timber cruisers because the timber cruisers were going out as the, the mines were going crazy and they were just firing up all over the, the Iron Range, which is about 75 miles from Duluth, and they needed to get that iron ore to Duluth. And so the these timber cruisers would go out and they needed to carry everything they had on their back with them uh, for, for literally weeks, months, that they were going to be out shooting all the lines, getting ready for all the this rail to be laid. So he he patented that pack on December 12th, 1882. So uh, we're we're go, coming into our 140th consecutive year in business wow. since the original date. I know, isn't that pretty cool? That's that's a long time. And uh, and so he he made that pack and it was called the Camille Poyer pack, which really it's our number two Duluth pack today, is the same wow. size as that one. So in 1911, he sold his pack part of his business, not the shoe business, but the pack part, to five brothers that had a company called the Lutent and and Company. And we're still located in the same manufacturing building as wow. that 1610 West Superior Street. So pretty cool. That's where there's a lot of, of heritage, a lot of history, because if, if anyone tours our factory, and we give a lot of tours, they once they've been through that factory they're hooked. They're like, I can't believe you make these bags like you do. I can't believe the handwork and the handcrafted and the the artisan work that goes into building every bag that you make. And, you know, we've gone from that one bag that that Camille Poyer made back in, you know, 1882 and patented it to now we have, you know, 350 styles and about 8,000 SKUs that we make with all the colors and leathers and and all of that. So, you know, the company it was doing really well. And then, you know, they, they went through the Great Depression. You know, our company's older than penicillin. I mean, we're older than the, the Model T. Um, and and so the you know the company's seen a lot of ups and downs with the economy and what's happened within you know our country because we've always been right here in Duluth and and you know I mentioned there we're older than Penicillin we're older than the Model T we actually made the first car camper and it was called the Auto Pack and it was a big canvas tent that would that would fold out it hung over the wheel or the uh, not the wheel wells but the window wells of a Model T. And a big canvas tent with poles and everything would fold out the side during the roaring twenties when people were, you know, having fun and, oh, cool. and making a lot it's of like money. the
0: uh, it's like the precursor to the overlander.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. And so we have a couple of these old ones. We don't make them anymore, but we have a couple of them and it's 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 really great history and whatnot. But then you come forward and you go, wow, in the Great Depression, how did you survive that? And and what they did then is just repairs because nobody had money to buy a bag and an expensive bag. And, and uh, so they, they just survived on making um, repairs on, on anyone's bag that was leather or canvas uh, of the time. Um, fast forward, went through a lot of things, World War One, World War II. Um, and, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, I had a career where I was a, I, I call it a road warrior. And I was in sales and marketing capacities and, and I was traveling literally 30 weeks a year. And I always say when you when you become a road warrior like that, Luke, you, you kind of become a little bit of a travel snob and and you sure. really you like what you're carrying. And, and uh, I had uh, a briefcase, an expensive leather briefcase that, that it was only like six months old. and I was coming through the old Detroit airport and uh, you're probably not old enough to ever experience that airport. Boy, are you lucky for that. Uh, But uh, the handle broke off my old briefcase and and when it hit the ground, the zipper broke and I got, you know, pretty upset. And a friend of mine said, you know, you should go to Duluth Pack and and buy a briefcase with all the travel you do. They they build great stuff. It has a lifetime guarantee on it for craftsmanship and hardware. I did. And actually, I'm going to reach behind me here. Because this is my original purchase, oh. from the Luth Pack. That's my you brief. got case. it. Look that that. Up. I use it all the time. Wow! This bag has been all over the world with me. That bag is what really started it for me, and and got me so interested in the company. And then you know, fast forward from that, I bought a shaving kit, and then I bought gun cases. I, I, I love to to hunt and, and do things in the shooting sports. And then I bought backpacks for my kids when they're in grade school. Now they're both professionals out in the workplace and they still use the same backpacks that they used wow. back in grade school. Cause I made them buy the big, big one. They were kind of sure. drowning in it at the time. <laughs> you know, I said, you're going to carry it a long time. You know, here you better, uh, choose your color wisely. Cause you're going to carry it a long time, but sure. You know, fast forward 20 years, they're still carrying the same briefcases. They or um, backpacks they had in, um, grade school. Now they're professionals out in the workplace. So really cool. And, and I got so interested in the company that I approached them and I said, you know, do you want to sell your company? And, uh, it was pretty much, um, why don't you go away? Sure. And, you know, somebody who's been in sales and that's what we do as leaders of companies is not only lead companies, but we got to be the, the number one sales for person for our brand and our, our goods that we make. Um, you know, it just didn't sit well with me. It's like, wait a minute, this company could be so much more. It's it's just sticking to a small segment of the population and, and just, you know, just staying there. But gosh, with the stuff they make, it's so great. It needs to be out to the masses. More people need to hear and see this. And I think I'm the guy to do it. And so I just, kept on them and kept on them and kept on them. And fast forward four years and, and I got in front of, uh, the right people. Um, we sat down, we talked about why I wanted to be in part of the company and, and, uh, what do you think you could do with the company? And a month later, um, the operating partner of the company and away we go. And this wow. is on April fool's day of 2007. I walked in the, the door and, uh, company was struggling at the time. It, it was underperforming. And, and so we, you know, rolled up our sleeves, dug in and, and worked day and night and just said, you know what, we're going to fix some things that are wrong with the company and we're going to market the heck out of it and, and get it out there to people who really are looking for products that we make and fit within the core values of our company. And, you know, our, our core values loop, number one starts with quality. Everything at Duluth Pack has to start and end with quality. And we have a saying here that anyone can call any product at any time for any reason and nobody gets in trouble because we've got to stick to that American quality and the quality that Duluth Pack was built upon. Our second core value is we build a premium product and we don't apologize for it. And the third one is made in America right here by our employees. And I know every one of them by first name. And cool. it's it's so fun to have a company that that you know these these awesome people that build these really cool bags we make. Not only do I know these people, but they came to us at one time and said, you know what? We love what we do so much. We love the quality of what we do so much. Can we sign the bags that we make? And we figured out a way where we put a tag in it, and it's a handcrafted tag underneath the American flag. If you lift it up, you look underneath there, and you'll have a person's name and the date they made the bag. Very and that's, cool. that's a testament to, yeah. to, you know, people going, I love what I do. I appreciate making quality enough that I want to put my name in it. And that's our third quality, is right made in America. And the last one is that lifetime guarantee that I've talked about earlier. And that is a lifetime guarantee on all craftsmanship and hardware. And you know, it, it's the, the life of the bag, not the person, because we sure, do sure. get a lot of bags in that are second, third generation family that have been passed down. And now it's cool to carry grandpa's bag, right? For sure. And uh, and they'll bring it in and have have it repaired if there's repairs to be done and they get it back out. And, you know, like my bag that I just pulled up, it's got scars on it. And and those are those are uh, I call them beauty scars. Those are character memories. And that's what we hear from everyone when they send them in, Luke, is that that these are memories that we made with this bag. And I want to carry this a lot longer than I already have. So we've we've evolved, we've we've grown. We've gone from about 21 employees when I came here to we hover around 100 employees right now in Duluth. Here, yeah, we're in four operating locations, and uh, just having a blast. You know, we we came through last year, which everyone was like, "Holy cow, that pandemic!" We'd like to put that in the review mirror, and and. Uh, we had to pivot because we were in Minnesota, we were, we were deemed non-essential. And so it was one of the most horrible days. It was probably the most horrible day I've ever had in business because I had to lay everybody off. And these are great people that are no different than, than me and you, we have mortgages or rent or car payments or kids to send to school and food to put on the table. So what we did really quick last year with that, it was we got into the medical gown business so that we were making medical oh, equipment so that we be, could be deemed essential and get everyone back. And we had everyone laid off for less hmm. than two weeks oh, and nice. I actually brought everyone. And then it, the cool part about this for Duluth Pack is I think we're a stronger company coming out of that than we were going in. And here's why because we we have we also want a brick and mortar flagship retail store we took everyone from there and brought them over to the factory we had people who had never sat at a sewing machine we taught them how to sew and they were making medical gowns we had people working in quality control we had people from our sales manager uh, Ryan Hansen was shipping he was in the shipping hmm. department shipping during the time um, and so I think what it did is it, it also gave us an opportunity to take people from many departments who don't get to have a lot of interface with each other on a day to day. And now they work side by side in production or in the distribution center or shipping. Um, and it's made us a way stronger team than going into it. We, we would have never seen that going into it. But also the outdoor industry is strong and I think you probably hear this from a lot of people that uh, people are social distancing and continuing to even though we're seeing some of it behind us, um, people are getting outside and getting outdoors and trying new things. And and we're right in the middle of that sector with Duluth Pack being, you know, so strong in the outdoors. And and, uh, same with my other company, Spring Creek Manufacturing, which is in the outdoor segment. Um, They've exploded as well, uh, as more and more people are trying outdoor things. And so overall, maybe this isn't a A in the in when you look back at history, a horrible thing because maybe it brought people back to some roots and back to the outdoors and and what people love so much about you know living in the United States and and living where they do live, wherever that is, um, is embracing the outdoors again. And and we're right in the middle of that. So uh, we came out of the pandemic strong as can be. And uh, we've decided to stay in the the game of of, uh, making medical gowns. Uh, Definitely not our core business, but if there's a need out there, we're helping fulfill that as well.
0: That's great. What do you think is, what do you think the future looks like for the outdoor industry now that, you know, obviously more people are, more people are getting involved and that has its uh, upsides and its downsides. What do you think should be at the core of brands that are hovering the outdoors?
1: You know, I think we're going to stay strong for a long period of time because I, I think people are embracing that outdoors once again. The ones who, who may have gotten away from it uh, in some essence and then tried it again as a social distancing um, activity for their family and then are going, wait. This was really fun and it doesn't matter whether you're a bicycler or a hiker, or a camper, or a canoe or a boater, or a fisher person, or a hunter, whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. Um, getting outdoors again, that maybe people had had just gotten into their busy day-to-day grind. We're seeing that it's even bigger this year than it was last year. It just keeps growing and people are embracing it and, and really saying, I want to make this part of my lifestyle longer term. Um, you know I, I what we need to do is make sure that you know everyone is caring for the environment caring for the outdoors if there's more people that are going to be out on these trails we just need to make sure that we're all being cognizant taking care of the outdoors and uh, making it a little better than when we got there. Leave it a little bit better your campsite than when you got to your campsite or the biking trails. Uh, you know, if you're a bicycler and you're on the trails, and, and um, you know, go volunteer and help repair them, if, if, if you will. And, and whatever that activity is that you're getting in, give back to it in some way. And even if there's more masses doing these things, we can make all those individual activities better as well.
0: Totally. So you're, uh, you mentioned earlier that you're an avid hunter, love love the outdoors, um, and obviously Duluth Pack has, uh, you know, a, a rich history in outdoor activities. But I'm wondering what the alignment between that phenomenon and the whole idea of like doing doing what you love seems like you really like your job. Seems like obviously you love the company, but how how much does you know do those interests and passion yours come into play in your day to day life?
1: Well, first of all, you know, owning your own company—it's you know, entrepreneurs like myself and others that I know—we're definitely a different breed. Uh, Most of us don't have an off button. We work really, really hard, and then we go do what our our hobbies are. We do them, you know, uh, full throttle. And uh, but when when you own your own business and you're passionate about the brands like the brands I own and any other entrepreneur, you're passionate about your brand. You're passionate about your story, your product. You have to believe in your product. It's not even like going to work. It's, it's, I don't look at it as a job. I look at it as a, place that I go and have fun every single day. Sure, we have the grind that, you know, every job that you have, um, you have things that you love to do, you have things that you don't love to do so much, but you work your way through it. But when when you're passionate about it, you, you know, I don't have any clocks in my office. I just sure. I don't because the clock doesn't matter. We have a job to do. We have customers to take care of. We have employees that we have to take care of, and we just go do what we do to, at the best of our abilities to get the job done. So it's really not a quote-unquote job. It's It becomes a passion, and as anyone knows, you know, with your hobbies that you're passionate about, no matter what it is. It's easy to get up early in the morning to go do those things it's, and, and, and give back to those things. And it's the same with me in my career and most entrepreneurs that, that when you're really passionate about it, getting up early in the morning and going and doing it and working late and being the last person there it's it's not a gr- it's not that much of a grind it's a way of life and it's what we do and it's not for everybody but uh for the people who really are are passionate about it uh it's also a great way of life well
0: you make it sound easy i'll tell you that well, <laughs> i always like to say
1: if i can do it anybody can do it um that's, but
0: that's fair <laughs> it's a it's a
1: lot of work uh, a lot of hours um and and you you Nothing. There's not every single job in your organization is just as important as the next job, because what you look at is how the gears mesh and, and everyone has to do their part because internally in your company you have so many internal customers, because if if production doesn't make a bag that's good, we don't have, you know, a bag to ship to right. To so our shipping department and quality controls in the middle of that, and procurements at the front end of that, and then you have your sales department. So you have so many and and receiving and shipping departments. They they all have to to work together in unison, and then obviously you have to have your marketing department to do all the marketing and all the social and all the things that go on, and and then the sales department and and a lot of coordination, a lot of a lot of team and, and a lot of communication.
0: That's what it's all about. Well, where are the best places for uh, for people that are interested in communicating more with Duluth Pack? Where can we find you?
1: Well, first of all, people, we'd love to have people go on our website and take a peek and it's very simple. DuluthPack.com. Uh, we're on all the different social medias at Duluth Pack. It's D-U-L-U-T-H-P-A-C-K. Um, We'd love to have people follow us and they can see what's new, what's next, what we're launching next, when we're having deals, things like that. Um, If you're ever in the Duluth area, we we like to say we have the coolest outdoor store you'll ever be in in your life. Not a huge store, 8,500 square feet, but it is nothing but experience when you walk in our store. Uh, And that's what that's the way we like to have it. Um, And then we have our wholesale. So all over the world, there's brick and mortar stores selling our brand as well as our private label business. So people can buy our bags and put their logos on them. And, we, and that's a growing part of our business. And, and so we can be found all over the place. It's something we're very passionate about. I think you can probably tell by, by sure. the way I talk about it. And I love our brand and, and, uh, and our, our, the way we look at it being the oldest canvas leather bag maker here. We're just the stewards for 20, 25 years taking care of the company until the next people take sure. care of it into the next generation. And we hope that we, we made it better than when we got here. And that the next people can take it from, from where I leave it at the end of my career and make it better than that. And, and the only thing I hope is that at that day, they, they are as passionate about it, uh, the history, the heritage, the brand, as
0: I am. It's going to be hard to beat. It's a high watermark, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody out there. Maybe they're listening today.
1: Yeah, um, as I said, as I said, if I can do it, anybody can.
0: That's that's the truth. Tom, this was a great conversation. We're going to have to connect again in the future and hear what happens in your next 140 years.
1: There you go. Awesome. Luke, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me tell the story about a great American company.
0: For sure. Yeah, glad to hear it. We'll talk again soon.
1: All right. Talk All right. real soon. Thanks. Thank you, Luke. Bye-bye.
0: I'm Lucas Fitz and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co and don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com.